following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. It's time now for Main Street Preps this week with Russell Venosi and Tyler Palmatier covering high school sports all across Middle Tennessee. Now, here are your hosts with Tyler. Here's Russell. Welcome into another episode of Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venosi, joined as always by Tyler Palmatier. And we have a very exciting week of high school basketball on the docket. By this time next week, the Division II basketball championships will have already been handed out, and we will know most, if not all, of the Division I state tournament qualifiers. Tyler, I am fired up for this next week of week of hoops. What about you? Yeah, this is really a huge one with so much going on in Division One, and then the Division II state tournaments getting underway. So it's uh, yeah, this is really a this is we say it kind of every week, but this is this is another huge week of a, of a lot of action that's gonna you know, really determine a lot moving forward. Indeed. And today we are going to talk to Lipscomb Academy girls basketball coach, Becky Starks, go over our notes from the latest fab 15 mid-state basketball rankings, and also give a postseason outlook for the coming week. First, we are going to bring in Becky, who's been kind enough to join us on this beautiful Tuesday morning that we're recording. Becky, you doing okay today? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Thanks again for joining us. And uh, it's an exciting time over there at Lipscomb Academy as uh, both your team and the boys' basketball team are heading to the Final Four this week. And, Becky, I know it's been two years since you and your husband, Kevin, were hired to take over those programs. And, and now you're both uh, one one game away, one win away from the state championship game. I mean, uh, what's the excitement level like over at the school and just in your household, too, this week as you guys prepare for for those big games? Yeah, absolutely. It has been a uh, great time to be a Mustang. I'll tell you that much. It's been a lot of fun. Lipscomb Academy is fired up and excited about basketball right now. Um, same at our house. Uh, it's been a it's been a wild weekend of basketball for us with a lot of overtime games and a lot of excitement at home. And um, we are just um, feeling really blessed right now. So enjoying the ride and feeling blessed. Becky, this is Tyler. You and Kevin, you both coached at Harding Academy at the same time, too. Am I am I right about that? We did. We coached there for several years in, at Harding Academy right. in Memphis together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you when did you and Kevin decide you wanted to be at the same schools coaching teams at the same time? Um, you know when we when we first got married years ago, um, we were coaching at, at two separate high schools. I was actually coaching in college at the time, but this across state, I was in Chattanooga. He was in uh, Memphis. Once we decided to get married, I figured, you know, something's got to give here. So <laughs> that's a, that's a long commute. So um, I ended up going back to Memphis. He was already at Harding Academy at the time, which is actually where we met. So I used to coach at Harding Academy and then I left. And so, you know, the, the coaching journey takes you all over the place. Um, and I was coaching at a different high school at the time that we first got married than he was. We did not have any children at the time, but it was still kind of difficult to do. Um, you you want to support your spouse and what they're doing. And Tuesday and Friday nights were at different gyms all over the city. And so we thought, man, this is tough. It'd be nice if we got to do this at the same place. Um, and then ironically, a couple of years later, that Harding job opened back up again. And 
that had been my first job out of college. So I fell in love with Harding early and ended up going there. We started coaching together and have raised our family doing that. And, and honestly, don't think we'd want to do it any other way. We just really enjoy it being a, a family affair for us. And Becky, obviously you're a former star at both uh, Hickman County and Ole Miss. Kevin said he, do, he won't even try to challenge you to a three point contest, but uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> curious, do you, do you two share any similar coaching philosophies? Um, we do. I think we're both, um, we're both relationship oriented coaches. You know, we're all about having a great relationship with our players and we want our kids to enjoy um, the game of basketball, enjoy what they do. We believe you can have fun and be successful at the same time. So I think we, we definitely share that, that trait of coaching, I think, but as far as probably X's and O's and and how we run our practices, we're we're probably a little bit different there. And so that's been kind of nice because, you know, I feel like over the years I've been able to pick up some of the ways he does things and think, yeah, that's going to help me. I like that. And, and vice versa. So, not exactly the same, but but definitely some of the same principles, yeah. And Becky, you alluded to this at the top of the interview, but it, it took a triple overtime win over Brentwood Academy last Friday uh, for your team to get to this point. I guess, you know, we obviously weren't there, and I'm sure a lot of people saw the videos on Twitter and stuff, but uh, can you just kind of take us through how wild that game was and, and how your team eventually <laughs> pulled out the victory? Yeah, absolutely. It was a, a fantastic high school game. It was one of those exciting, fun, um, in-league rival- rivalry games that everybody's excited about. And uh, we thought we had a great crowd that night. Our students were awesome. Our support was great. And Brentwood Academy, of course, is a fantastic team. Coach Brown does a great job. They've had a huge tradition of success. So we knew that going in, it was going to be a tough night. And we felt like we got ourselves prepared that week. And, and we had played them um, – close the first time and the second time when we played them they beat us pretty good so uh, we knew we were going to have to play well to get that win they've got a couple really great players with you know Millie Brown and and Trinity Fields are both extremely hard to guard have a nice team so we we just came out and we just told our girls look you're going to have to handle the runs there's going to be highs and lows Um, that's what happens at this point in basketball everybody you're playing is good you know so they're going to make a run we're going to have to withstand it we're going to have to stay solid and stay consistent throughout and I didn't know that throughout would be three (laughs) overtimes but um, it was a defensive battle I think for both teams we know each other so well and so everyone was able to take away the strengths of what you're trying to do offensively and I was just really proud of our girls in the defensive effort that they gave both rebounding was a big point for us and defending those kids and we did that for you know, four quarters and then three three more overtimes um, with a look of exhaustion, but just the determination to win. And so our kids pulled together and pulled out an exciting win at the end. And it was a lot of fun for our kids. It was a lot of fun for our Lipscomb community. So just, just an exciting night. And one of those nights, to be honest with you, I don't know that you have a loser in that game. You know, you just kind of run out of time. Both teams did a fantastic job. Well, of course, overtime is not a uh, uncommon thing. But when was the last time, Becky, that you took a team into a third overtime? And do you think those type of marathon games have any sort of benefit late in the year? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, every time you're in a close game and you come out of that win or lose, you learn something from it and your team gets better from it. And so we had so many situations to go through in that game that 
just helped us grow and learn from moving forward. But I, I mean, I got to be honest with you. I've been in a lot of basketball games. I don't know that I have played or coached in a three overtime game before. So um, just absolute mental and physical exhaustion after the game because you're just drained, and especially when a game of that stake where the teams go into the final four, the winner of this game moves on, you know, so just the magnitude of that game and just the emotion that was involved in it. Um, just afterwards, just excitement, uh, but exhaustion at the same time. I'm sure it's nice to have a couple of days off from games after, after that one, um, Becky and, you know, state tournament teams, it often seems like there's this strong core of seniors. Uh, if you look up and down just the teams that made it and, and your team definitely fits that bill with, uh, Ella Grace Thompson, Macy Duke, uh, Mally Merritt, Abby Smith, and company. Um, how how has kind of the leadership of that group helped help the team get this far? Our our leadership with those girls has been fantastic. Sarah Lowe is the other senior. There's five of them, and you know we started having talks last spring. I started meeting with those those five seniors about being leaders on and off the court and what we expected from them. Leadership is a big thing for us. We have we have pillars on our team that we believe are the standards that we live by. And leadership is one of those. But I want those girls, when they graduate our program, to have found their style of leadership. I am a coach that believes you can lead. Anyone can lead. It's not all going to look the same. You have a different style of leadership. And so what we want to do is help them find what that is for them. So we started having meetings in the spring with those kids and talking to them about how important it was going to be that they lead our young kids. We knew we had a talented group of young kids coming in. We knew they were going to be an important role in what we we're doing. But our, our key was that our seniors would embrace them and, and love on them and just help them to understand what it means to be a part of the program that we have. And so they have been phenomenal from last spring to meeting those kids in the summer and team camp and spending time with them and just, I think our kids, if you ask our young kids and you ask our young kids' parents, they would say, wow, this group has been phenomenal at leading our group. So I think it's been a big deal on and off the court. Looking at that D2AA field, Becky, Innsworth kind of just stands out as the favorite to a lot of people. How do you get players to not think about that? Who's the favorite? Who's number one? Who's the top seed and so on? Sure. Yeah, Ensworth is an excellent team. Uh, Coach Callis does a fantastic job. She's got a lot of talent over there. You know, and, and we being in the same league with them, we have played them several times. We feel like we've competed with them um, when we've been in games. There have been games, and they've whipped us pretty good, too. And so I think it's, it's a mindset of you have to go out and you have to approach every game going out and competing and giving your very best effort. Um, we always say that in the game of basketball, in any sport, but it's the best team on that night is going to win. And so we do think they're a great team, but we believe that every time we compete, who is the best that night is going to win. And so I think you, you tell your kids that and you believe it. And so I think when we step on the floor, we're going to compete to try and be the best team that night. You just have to do it one time. And so your semifinal opponent on Thursday is going to be Knoxville Webb, which enters with an 18-10 record after knocking off Briarcrest Christian the other night. What do you make of that matchup and, and how your team might fare against Webb? Um, Coach Collier does a great job. Um, Webb is a great traditional program. They've been in the state tournament many times, and 
she does a fantastic job with her girls. They're going to play hard. They're going to compete. They're going to do it the right way. And so we're going to have to be ready to go when we step on the floor with them. I think it's a good matchup for both teams. I think um, you're going to see a lot of good basketball. I think both groups have some seniors. Both groups have some experience. Both groups have some young. Both groups start eighth graders. Um, so we're, we're very similar. We're both very guard-oriented. Um, I think it'll be a good matchup in that sense, but I think it'll be a fun game. Yeah, it should be should be an exciting weekend of basketball, Becky. I know as sports writers, we're we're excited to head over to Cookville to see those games, and I, I can only imagine what it's like to have two teams uh, from your school going. So, uh, best of luck and safe travels to Cookville this week. Hey, thanks, guys. We appreciate it. All righty, that's been Lipscomb Academy girls basketball coach Becky Starks. We really appreciate her taking some time out of what's sure to be a pretty hectic week over there at Lipscomb to talk to us about about her team and, and how they got to the state final four. Um, Tyler, I know we've both gotten to see them play a couple of times this year. Uh, what do you think about their chances of, you know, maybe getting to that state final and, and having one more shot at Innsworth? I know Innsworth won the first three meetings, but it's hard to, hard to beat a team four times in, in the same season. Well, that's the truth. I, I, I would guess that probably Innsworth is a team equipped to do that, but kind of like Becky said, I think – both those programs at Lipscomb, the boys and the girls in the postseason have really been, have, have kind of embodied that which team's better on that particular night. And they've, uh, they've just been really good postseason teams. Um, you know, obviously completely different seasons, completely different programs, but uh, it's just, it is funny how they've mirrored each other. And uh, Becky and Kevin are both married and it's just very much they have been sort of inextricably linked in this weird way and where they've made these runs so it's pretty cool I, I can't imagine I bet the vibe over there on on Granny White Pike is is pretty awesome right now so we'll uh it'll it'll be fun to watch I, I mean I'd give either one of them a good chance to, to make it in the finals at this point you know all the bets are kind of off uh at at this point in the year especially just with the amount of overtime games that those two teams have been to I mean geez that was you just never know this time of year, so um, we'll see how that plays out. And uh, but before we get to some of our predictions and, and things like that for later this week, uh, you want to kick us off with the boys' Fab 15 power rankings? Yeah, I, I'm sure uh, most teams at this point in the year just happen to be playing as opposed to being in our poll, but uh, right. we're still ranking everybody, uh, needless to say. So uh, you can find our full ranking on MainStreetPreps.com. Our, our top five went unchanged. Uh, Brentwood Academy is at number one, followed in order by Beach, Cane Ridge, Columbia, and Clarksville. Uh, we lost along the way York Institute, uh, which fell, uh, still alive, but um, has dropped out of the pole. Right there on the door, um, I see uh, USN, which made it into the D2 Single A semis, uh, East Robertson, which hasn't lost since December, which is crazy. Uh, that's a heck of a run that uh, East Robertson has put together. And Gallatin, which uh, at 17 and 11 doesn't, that record may not sparkle very much, but it's just really hard to ignore the, the good games that Gallatin's given Beach lately. Uh, I think it's a competitive team that really could, could shock some people, but it's just, you know, it's, had to match up with beach so many times, but um, that's probably a team that maybe has been a little overlooked this year. Um, so those are kind of some teams on the doorstep that are really just still right in the middle of the postseason and have a chance to make some noise. Uh, not a whole lot of movers this week in the poll, really other than York Institute falling out. Franklin moved up to number 11. Uh, Ravenwood moved up to 12. Of course, those two teams 
can cross paths again, potentially. Uh, and Clay County has rejoined the poll, just uh, has been a kind of a resurgent last few weeks for the Bulldogs. Grant Strong has, I don't want to say come alive. He's kind of always alive with the way he scores. Uh, but you need that guy to play well in the to win in the postseason if he's your guy, a Mr. Basketball guy, and he's certainly done that. So we welcome Clay County back in at, at number 15. But, you know, Russell, again, it's uh, it's important for us to rank these teams, but it we've got a couple teams in this poll that uh, their season's done. Uh, we try and rank the 15 best, and we've got Pope Prep at 13, Innsworth at 14, and both of them are are home watching for the rest of the year. So really the, the main event as we move forward is th- this great – uh, all these great pods of postseason games and, and semis and, and eventually in division one sectionals that are coming up. So those are really the main event. And um, there's going to be some awesome ones. Obviously we don't have the girls rankings up just yet because uh, some pretty important games were played before. Uh, and we wanted to make sure we were able to rank the teams properly after those games were played on Monday. So the, uh, uh, the girls fab 15 will be on mainstreetpreps.com soon. Um, just got to wait for some of these games to unfold. Russell, we've, we've really got some good ones coming up. Yeah, and spoiler alert on those girls' rankings, they're not, there's not going to be um, quite as tame as the lack of movement in the boys' rankings. Th- things were kind of uh, chalk <laughs> there, but, uh, you know. Hectic. On Monday night, yeah, yeah, the girls' rankings have been hectic. So that's, that's what I'll say about that, and uh, that'll be up uh, no later than Tuesday afternoon. So by the time you listen to this or, or watch this, it'll certainly be available on our website. But, yeah, Tyler, you, you mentioned the, the postseason outlook. Let's get to that now. Um, you know, by, by the time people listen to our next episode next week, I mean, we are, we're going to know not only who won the Division II state championships, but we're going to know the state qualifiers for the, the Division I girls and boys state tournaments. Um, so we're going to be really whittled down by this time next week. But, yeah, let's take a look starting with the boys, uh, kind of how you see the, both Division II and Division I potentially playing out over the next week or so. Yeah, I think the kind of the highlights uh, in the in the D2AA boys, that Brentwood Academy-Knoxville Catholic game looks just absolutely electric. Um, BA obviously kind of enters as one of the, you can call them the arguable favorites uh, out of these tournaments. I mean, just in the mid-state alone, uh, you could call Brentwood Academy boys a favorite. You could call Innsworth girls a favorite. Web school girls and D2 single-A a favorite. So, uh, and D2 single-A boys, uh, the Mid-State's guaranteed to have a team in the finals. Um, so, really, the this area is just right in the in the thick of the of the title conversation. But, I, you know, if we're just going to minimize and look at this first round, I this Brentwood Academy-Knoxville Catholic game looks awesome. Um, Brentwood Academy, obviously, at 30-0. Uh, Knoxville Catholic at 28-3, but it's that point guard matchup that looks so good with between Tyler Tanner and Tennessee signee B.J. Edwards. That's just going to be a fabulous uh, matchup. And, you know, with Tyler Tanner being a sophomore, you could kind of envision some path to him getting to where Edwards is, where it's like, you know, he's the best point guard in the state by the time he's a senior. So uh, I, I have a tough time making a prediction in that one. I've seen Brentwood Academy. I like the, I mean, I like the, how battle tested they are, but that whole division two uh, classification in double a is really good. So, uh, you know, I'd probably just because of who I've seen, I, I like Brentwood Academy because I like their whole team, but shoot, I, all bets are off. I don't know. Russell, what do you think? You think BA is going to finish this thing off two more wins? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to bet against them. Just like you said, battle tested, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. double overtime, went over Lipscomb, 
the huge comeback against Knoxville Webb uh, last week in the quarterfinals. So hard to bet against them, but yeah, I mean, this is this is going to be a heavyweight matchup here. So I'm I'm pretty fascinated, and I do agree with you that you know if Tyler Tanner goes out there and, and holds his own against BJ Edwards or or even you know plays better than him, I mean that's that's tape that he's going to have to really kind of show uh, what everybody already kind of thinks about him and that he's like you said could be one of the next stars, not only in this area, but in the state in the coming years. Yeah. Tyler Tanny is cra- Tyler Tanner as crafty as they come. Uh, so that, that'll be really interesting to see. And of course uh, it really does go back to how much do those marathon games help you in the end, you know, how all these battles, do they build you up and have you prepared or are you a little worn down from them? Just kind of depends on what school of thought you think from there. Uh, and D2 single A, I mean, there'll be it. Will we have an, an all Nashville final for the second year in a row is kind of my question on the boys' side. Uh, good pasture USN will be in the finals for sure. And, you know, can Clarksville Academy join them? I guess is one question that we're, that we're looking at there. Uh, what do you think, Russell? You've seen all, you've seen all those teams mentioned except for FACDS, which faces Clarksville yeah. Academy. I mean, do you, th- do you think we're going to have another all Nashville final? And I believe I got to see FACS at some point last year, um, if if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I that's a great question, Tyler. I I kind of think entering this that um, FACS might actually be the favorite, mm-hmm. um, just kind of given where the other teams are at. Of course, USN's kind of the upstart. Um, Carsville Academy, similar story there. I mean, this is their first time here in a while. Good Pastures, obviously the defending champion, but they are not. Uh, quite the team they were last year, just personnel-wise. I mean, they don't have P.J. Smith, who I believe was the MVP. Uh, he graduated and now is playing really well at Lee. And then, of course, it's been well-documented Isaiah West is out for the year with an ACL injury. So that's really a, a retooled and young good pasture team. Um, certainly wouldn't put it past them to get to the finals and to, um, to make a good run at it. But uh, I think if you, probably the safe bet is FACS, and right behind them, I would say, is, is probably good pasture if I had to go 1-2 there. Yeah, just I think the big thing for Good Pasture is going to be that youth that they're leaning on after uh, Isaiah West's injury. Can that can those freshmen really carry them like they have all year? That's probably the you know you mentioned you know PJ perfect example last year. They just had a senior, uh, a real steady presence in him. Also, just a really good ball player to help steady them through that run. I think that's an important piece to have. So that's probably the big question for Good Pasture. Uh, that Clarksville Academy FACS game uh, is intriguing to me. I think that'll be cool to see how that unfolds. Um, and then also, obviously, while while all this is going on, we're going to have Division One uh, sectionals and regional finals unfolding. Uh, I, the boys, I Ravenwood and Beach. My big prediction is that Ravenwood and Beach will meet for a st- state tourney berth in the sectionals. Um, Ravenwood and Columbia are, uh, I believe, going to meet in that region six four a final. I think Columbia is going to advance and. On the other side, I think Beach and Lebanon are going to meet in the Region 5-4A finals, and Beach is going to move on. And what that gives us on the other side is this Columbia-Lebanon sectional game for a state tourney berth. Those, to me, that that little pod there of uh, potential finals and sectionals is is pretty intriguing. Um, to see, number one, if if Beach can can continue rolling and, and get where it wants to go and but Ravenwood, Columbia, that whole group, Independence, they've played some great games this season. So that's going to be – that's a really interesting region over there, Russell. Yeah, I'd fully expect those games to come down to, you know, a final basket here or there. So I'm 
I'm with you. Those are those are going to be some some great ones to watch there. And then um, certainly it looks like you got some Metro teams too in the mix. Uh, mm-hmm. How about those yeah. guys? How do you think they'll do? Yeah, I mean, I think East Nashville, again, we're on the boys' side only. I, girls could do it too, but I think the East Nashville boys are going to advance the playoffs having won every postseason game by double digits. That The Eagles are that good. That team is stacked, and it's experienced, and uh, it, just, it has kind of everything you want in a basketball team top to bottom, you know, kind of checks all the boxes. So I think East Nashville is going to roll, get right where it wants to go, enter the Class 2A state tournament as a favorite. I don't see any question about that. Uh, I, I think Pearl Cone, which is, you know, the only time I've seen Pearl Cone has been against East Nashville, which is kind of too bad for Pearl because East Nashville is just so good and they've just, they've handled those meetings so well. But I think Pearl Cone could be a state tournament team. Russell, as you and I kind of discussed before the show, uh, I think Pearl Cone and York Institute are going to meet in a 2A sectional. And I think Pearl's going to make that, uh, make its fourth straight trip to the state tournament, having won that game. Um, what do you think? I mean, we were talking about this, about Pearl's chances. We talked about this thing, about we've only seen them against East Nashville, but that's, and those results haven't been what they want, right. but still a good basketball team. You know, and I was looking even, and of course, by the time everyone listens to this, the region semifinals will be decided, but um, I believe it's community and cascade that they have to play first. Um, so I know we're kind of looking ahead a few steps, but those could be tough games too. Uh, but I do think if they survive, if Pearl and East survive that, um, of course, they will meet again for the region title for the fourth time this season. Um, and then Pearl Cone, I'm sure, will be happy to just play somebody besides East in the sectionals to finally um, kind of show what they can do. And, yeah, I mean, they were able to – both teams – well, excuse me, Pearl Cone was able to make the state tournament last year even on a shortened season. And East Nashville, I believe, made a sectional even despite not having a, a good chunk of their team that had transferred away uh, to, mm-hmm. to try to get some playing time elsewhere. So. Yeah, good to see them with their full lineups kind of back in place. And, yeah, I, I think that'd be a lot of fun if they were both in the state tournament. And, you know, maybe they'd even meet a fifth time there. No, oh, can you imagine? <laughs> that East Nashville game has been good for Pearl's schedule. Uh, I think that's a good game to play a few times. So I yeah. I see no I, I see no way that that can really hurt them. Um, and, man, you look at the girls' side, there is just there is a ton of great stuff. Uh, it's, you know, we're obviously just right. Tons of teams in our area in the mix at Division Two State and – and then obviously a busy weekend in Division One, Russell. What are you seeing? Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, Middle Tennessee, and this really struck me last year at the state championships, Middle Tennessee has been dominant in girls' basketball for several years now, and I think um, that's probably going to show itself again uh, this year in March. And, you know, starting off with that Division Double AA tournament that we just talked about with Becky, um, I, I think there's a real chance for an all-Nashville final here. Lipscomb, I mean, they look like they're capable of, of – potentially beating Knoxville Webb, which, you know, enters with 10 losses, as, as I mentioned, and that's certainly not an unflappable team there. Um, and I, I tend to agree that Innsworth is a tournament favorite at 24-4. and four. You know, they've, they're kind of just playing at another level. Um, so I guess until proven otherwise, that's kind of where I stand. I think that's where you stand too. And then um, in single A, yep. do you think the buck kind of stops with uh, Webb School sitting there at 29-6? and six? They lost to Innsworth by three points to open the season, and ever since then, you know, they've lost some out-of-state tournaments and stuff like that, but um, they've pretty much rolled a lot of the local competition. Uh, save for Middle Tennessee Christian School, at least in a recent game, it was Middle Tennessee Christian had gotten that margin down to 10 points, um, and that is who is on the other side of the bracket against CAK. So, you know, it wouldn't shock me either if we got another all-kind-of-mid-state final there. Um, of course, I, I think... 
I would take take Webb in that game just with the international roster they've got on their as kind of a boarding slash day school that they have. It's really a, a unique setup that we don't see really anywhere else. Um, but I don't, I, Tyler, what do you think? You think Webb's gonna take that one? Yeah, I think it's safe to say they're definitely the favorite. I I would pick them to win. Uh, you never know. I you know I didn't I didn't really see Middle Tennessee Christian winning its game to get here. So you never know. Um, but yeah, I like definitely those two. I like Webb uh, and uh, D two single A, and I like Ensworth and D two double A. I wouldn't hesitate. So with that in mind, here's where things get really interesting, Tyler. Division one. I think there's. It, the margin of the gap here is I think a little slimmer than it is in some of those division two games, uh, starting with region six, four, a, I believe it is. And I, and the girls tournaments a step further. I, I should add at this point while we're recording, cause they already played their region semifinals. We're recording this on Tuesday. So those are in, so have a little bit more information than you had to work with on the boys side, but we've got this region six, four, a title game set up between Hillsborough and Ravenwood. That could be a dandy. Um, both teams playing really well, and I, I do think the winner of this game, whoever it is, is going to get to the state tournament. And right now, my pick for that is Hillsboro at twenty-two and five. They're playing great defense. They just beat Summit by double digits, double digits on Monday night. A team they'd already lost to a couple times this year, so they cl- clearly playing well at the right time. And uh, you know, the loser of this game, if it is indeed Ravenwood, like I like I think it might be, um, would likely have to travel to twenty-nine and one Cookville for a sectional and you just, you just don't want to do that. So I would much rather have beach at home if I'm Hillsborough or Ravenwood. And uh, right now I give Hillsborough the edge. Do you agree or, agree or disagree with that? Yeah, I haven't seen Hillsborough, but I think I haven't looked at the results. I, I, I know where you're heading. I, I think they're playing their best basketball at the right time. Uh, and definitely that if you get past Ravenwood, you're in a, you're in a favorable situation to get to the state tournament or at least a much more favorable than having to go to Cookville. So definitely agree with you there. And then sticking with kind of the area teams here, uh, in 3A, though, moving down um, a bracket, I think Creekwood and Central Magnet could both make the state tournament, even though they are meeting for the region title on Wednesday, the region 5-3A title. Um, they match up with region 6, which is down to Hardin Academy, or sorry, Hardin County and Jackson Southside. And Tyler, I think this is an example of where that Middle Tennessee strength is going to show, because Creekwood and Central Magnet have both had tremendous seasons, and uh I think the state tournament is is probably big enough for both of them. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the, the results have kind of shown us that Creekwood with, uh, you know, that win over Loretto that a lot of people really would, didn't expect. Uh, Loretto's only lost to this point, and that's a that's a smaller class team. That's a really good basketball team. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think they could both make it too. And then lastly, for these somewhat spicy hot takes, not, not too spicy, there's – some of these were expected, but uh, Page is still alive and kicking. Um, and I think they'll get back to the state tournament despite the shocking loss in their district semifinal uh, to Lincoln County, um, a, a game they've since avenged, and, and they're um, now going to play for the region title against Upperman on Wednesday. Um, Page has been you know, away from their home court for about three weeks now. I believe their district and their region tournament were at Tullahoma. Um, so that, that's a tough road trip, even coming down, even from Franklin, that's kind of a long drive, uh, where Paige is located. But I think if they can get past Upperman, then that, that'll be great for them to have one more home game for all those seniors and, uh, McKenzie Cochran and Lily Wilkin, uh, to have one more chance on their home court and to get back to the state tournament. I, I think they're fully capable of doing that, especially after, after the way they responded to that Lincoln County loss, 
um, and they didn't let it um, kind of ruin this great season that they've had. Yeah, I, I sort of, in my mind, never worried too much about Paige. I felt like that was a little bit of a one-off, that that upset that they had. It's uh, those senior-laden teams, especially ones as, as good as Paige has been, seem to find a way to, to get back on track pretty quick. Like you mentioned, Mackenzie Cochran, a, a Miss Basketball finalist. Uh, Lily Wilkin, um, that they they've got some players and they've got experienced players. So I I think Paige is going to right the ship. They're going to get back into the state tournament, and I think they're going to uh, sort of uh, assume that that role they had previously as a a favorite to watch once they get there. Yeah, experience is definitely something you want to have on your side this time of year, and. It is going to be a, just a great week of, of basketball coming up, and we are going to be all over the place covering it. Um, you can follow all of that, all the action on MainStreetPreps.com. We'll have live updates on Twitter, at MainStreetPreps. And be sure to like the Facebook page, uh, MainStreetPreps, as well, so you can keep up with, with all the stories coming in from all of our reporters all over the area. So with that, we thank you for joining us, and we will see you back next week with a lot more to talk about and some state champions to discuss as well. So we'll see you then. This has been Main Street Preps this week with Russell Venosi and Tyler Palmatier. Follow Russell on Twitter at Russell V underscore MSP and Tyler at T Palmatier 83 and at Main Street Preps. Don't forget to check online Main Street Preps Main Street Preps this week is a Main Street Media production.